Third Degree the Podcast is brought to you by Soccer90.com. Shop now and all listeners of Third Degree get 25% off your order. FC Dallas, U.S. Men National Team, all the international gear, they've got it all. Jerseys, tees, scarves, 25% off through the end of the month. That offer ends January 31st. Soccer90.com. Use our code Third Degree at checkout. Well, hello there, FC Dallas Curious fans. Welcome to another episode labeled 195 of Third Degree of the Podcast. Hi, it me, Peter, and I'm just uh, slumming it with my good friends that know everything about the football club Dallas. First off, Dan Crook. Howdy, Dan. How do? I do good. You do good, too? I also do good. All right, we're all good. And your hero, my hero, everybody's hero, editor, founder of Third Degree, the podcast, into his 26th season of covering this stupid thing. It's Buzz Carrick. Come in, Buzz. Uh, Peter, how was the uh, temperature at the game? I know you were sitting in the stands with the um, Barcelona fans. How was I it? was not. I was... I am still confused as to why this particular game <laughs> took place yesterday or what what, yeah. what the F, but uh, whatever. Uh, and I'm sure we'll talk all about uh, FC Dallas versus Barca, not the Barca you think it is <laughs> or wanted it to be, yeah. but Barcelona nonetheless. We'll get into that here in a little bit. Uh, it is preseason, and I'm a little bit confused, I must admit, Mr. Buzzard, because last week on the podcast, I went on a heated rant uh, defending you in particular, sir, and Dan, to be fair, uh, complaining and whining and throwing a little tantrum about training being closed. And this would be the first spring training that uh, FC Dallas had failed to give people like you access and why that was a stupid idea. And then, lo and behold, just a matter of days later, I see a picture and video of you at training. What is going on, sir? Please explain this to me. Well, they reversed themselves a little bit. Um, they decided that we, yes, we could come on Monday and Tuesday, uh, which is the normal days that we can come and watch the entire session. Now, let's be clear, any session you can go and watch the first 15 or last 15. Um, but, but that's like a giant waste yeah, of time. That's like them stretching. That doesn't do any good. That's not actually watching. That's nothing. Um, and some days you can't even come at all. Um, but that's the normal, but let's be, they opened it back up Monday and Tuesday, but that was only good for basically this last week because the team's leaving for two weeks. And then when they come back, it'll be like a week from playing so that we'll get another Monday and Tuesday. Probably we don't actually know yet because they don't put out the schedule till like Sunday night or even Monday morning sometimes. So we got two days to go. So I went one of those two days and then we got to go to the uh, game on Wednesday with media credentials, which was nice. We didn't have to pay at least. So um, we got we got two small viewings of the team more than we expected. We weren't sure we were going to get either one of those things, to be honest, because uh, sometimes those preseason scrimmage games are not open. Uh, in this particular case, I think because they sold tickets, they decided they would let us in. So uh, what you're saying is, is that out of all of this, you're going to end up getting one day of preseason viewing of the team to decide – and yeah. make decisions on how good or bad this team is in 2023. Yeah, I got the one practice. We got the one half of a scrimmage each, you know, because they only played 45 minutes each. And then we'll probably maybe get one more day uh, the week before the first game, and that'll be about it in terms of – but to be fair, you're right, because they're going to cut down before they go to Spain. So uh, we're, we're done with our ability to look at – draft picks and trialists and and guys that are on the bubble and figure out who's going to make this team. They're going to make that decision and probably tell those players tomorrow, I would imagine, because they're leaving. Maybe I'll tell them on Saturday because they're leaving Sunday. Mm. All right. And Dan, you didn't go to practice at all. You just went to the game Wednesday night, correct? Uh, yeah, just the, just the game. Unfortunately, pre the nice thing about preseason for me having a, a nine to five is uh, I get Martin Luther King Day off, so I know that's the one I normally go to. That's normally their first practice of the year. And uh, when they train on weekends, I'm able to go to that. But this year, they closed the one on Martin Luther King Day, and they're closing weekends. So, yeah, first 
dead in eight years. I so it's not it. Dan Crook friendly, is what <laughs> you're saying. It's it's it's, uh, it's it's barely Buzz compliant. All right. Yeah. So Buzz, <laughs> I think that's what this means is is you're just going to have to inform and educate the FC Dallas curious based on the limited amount of viewing you've had of the team so far and yep. on where your uh, how your vibes are for the 2023 season. Well, um, I have some concerns. Uh, do we do we want to go big picture? Or do we want to do some individual training why stuff don't you first? Start, why don't you just start big picture? Because I think that's what yeah. really, it's probably the best way to start. Okay, so at the very best that you can hope for, right <laughs> now this team is exactly the same as it finished last year. Now, I know that there's always expectations that certain players will progress. Usually those are the younger players and that should in and of itself improve your team. But I think uh, that this is not a case where at the very best, it's going to be the same as last year. I think they've taken a step back. Um, they're they're going to of course say that it's all part of this process, but you know, they've, they've jettisoned some veteran experience up front, uh, which perfectly fine and acceptable. We all wanted that to happen, but they've not replaced it. So at this point you have at striker, you have Jesus and you have Mulatto who's done absolutely zero zitch, nothing ever at an MLS level. So that's a concern. You can look at the battle that's happening, which we will talk about that battle later, but there's a battle happening at six. Neither one of those guys is lights out. You still have a problem in my mind in midfield in the sense that there's a job legit does that nobody else can do. That makes me worried. And the bottom line is while you have brought in a guy at center back, not center back, excuse me, right back to potentially challenge that position so that either Ema gets better or his, the other guy they brought in Giovanni is just better. We'll find out. But center back is a problem. The hedges for Ibiaga swap, basically, while it saves you a boatload of money, uh, Ibiaga does not read the game like Matt Hedges. Uh, that's, for me, an issue. Um, again, we'll talk about him when we discuss the game. Uh, and then you've you've basically left yourself with, outside of the three main guys, Martinez, Tafari, and Ibiaga, you've left yourself with a 17-year-old homegrown who is going to be a ways from being able to help you and a kid off of from Arlington who's a long-term project uh, with needs lots and lots of playing time and mostly is just a guy for North Texas, really. So I think I don't think there's any way that you can objectively sit and look at this team and think this team is better than last year. And so I, I think it's slightly worse. You're and listening so that, to a very special episode of Buzzkill brought to yeah. you by Soccer90.com. <laughs> yeah, Buzzkill indeed. I, I am not optimistic. Um, now, I, I do think there's a whole lot about this team that I like, just as I do at the end of last year. I do think they're one of the in the top half of teams in this league. But there's no way that they're better and everybody else went out and attempted to get better. Now, they're not all going to be better, of course, but there's a lot of them that are going to be. And that's how you move backwards if you don't get better. So I, I definitely have big picture concerns. Well, okay. That does it for today's episode of the podcast, Leaving Everybody. No, sorry. Um, well, that's not a good thing to hear, Buzz, but it isn't surprising since we haven't seen a lot of movement so far this offseason while right. a lot of other teams are making moves. We talked about that last week. So getting into that a little bit, of those things that you talked about, uh, Ibiaga, I, I guess you got to see him play a little bit at training and in the game last night. The new guy is here. I am going to pronounce it incorrectly is Giovane Jesus, because that sounds really funny in my head. <laughs> Giovanni. That's the most third degree pronunciation yet. Giovane Jesus. Yeah. Giovane. Uh, so I guess out of the training and getting into specifics, since you've seen a little bit of the team, mm -hmm. uh, do you have any specific uh, uh, points of view? Uh, You'd well, like to one, bum us out with. Oh, no, one thing I actually think is interesting is that Ibiaga has played quite a bit of left side um, center back. You know, we knew that before, but even now here with FC Dallas, he's played a fair bit on the left. Um, 
Nico said very specifically that he wants to rotate those in particular, those three main guys uh, all playing with each other in various combinations. So it's not always just Martinez and then one of those other two guys. Sometimes it's Ibiaga and Tafari. And we're going to see through spring uh, Norris and, and Corsa are also in that mix, but they're not in this, the real discussion for like who's going to start. So over the next three weeks, we'll need to watch what reports we can get of games to see which combinations are beginning to appear more because basically there's three guys for two starting spots at this point. Um, I do think that it's important this season with there's more games this year because of the potential of the league's cup to run, you know, longer and add more games to your schedule. You know, you even more need to have got a guy like Ibiaga who can start 10 to 15 games, even if he's not the guy, you still want him to spell those other two guys. So that rotation will be important. I still don't think it's any better than last year. It's probably worse, that group. So that's still an issue. Um, Giovanni uh, arrived, but his first training session was today. So we've not seen him. The organization, Is he a big dude? Do we know anything in what he looks like physically? I think he's – honestly, I don't. I, I, I've seen pictures of him, and he looks very fit and muscular. Uh, not like a bodybuilder, but like um, – Like me. You know, yeah, yeah, like you. Not a he's not he's not a beanpole. You know, he he has the same. He has a relatively developed body type, and he looks yeah. like he's a guy that can move. Okay, you know, we'll actually see, of course, when we see him in, in person. But I think he's five nine, like all these guys that aren't particularly tall that play on the outside. Um, Nanu's so, gone, right? Nanu's gone. Yeah, Nanu's one hundred percent gone. This is his replacement, basically. That's what I thought. Okay. Yeah. We saw. I, I I did want to talk a little bit about Nolan Norris and Tariq Scott, uh, who are the two homegrowns. Tariq Scott has jumped up about three, maybe four inches in height in the last year that I've seen him. <laughs> Growth spurt. Yeah, ridiculous. Because last time I saw him, he was five nine, and now he's easily six feet, if not six one. So that's terrific, and he's looking more and more like a man and less like a, a boy, which is from a soccer perspective is awesome. So I'm really excited about him. He looks confident and 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 at peace with being in first team training, which is not always the case for homegrowns. And then Nolan Norris, um, based on a couple of reports, at left back now, you know, he, there's moments where people just can go by him because he's not a track star. And so it looks to me like based on the training I've watched and also on the scrimmage that they've already decided pretty much he's 100% at center back now. Um, and it's we joked that, he's already the best passing center back this club has. And that's actually pretty much true. Um, even though he's only 17 years old. Can he defend? Well, yeah, oh yeah. He's a very good team yeah. defender. He needs to work on his individual center back play. And obviously shifting inside is different. He'll need to, he needs to gain experience. I mean, I, I would not expect Nolan to play for FC Dallas this year, unless something goes wrong with injuries. You know, he'll spend the whole year, I would assume at North Texas and Scott will spend probably most of it. He's probably closer because we talked about this before defense is a team is more about a team concept and offense is more about the individual. Like you can just throw a guy on there. who's just crazy. It's out there and watch him go on offense on defense. You have to be able to play as a group more so than on offense. So it's more likely that Scott might impact this year and Nolan probably won't, but neither one of them is going to be, we're, we're talking about these guys. When you sign 17 year olds, they're, they're not for now. They're for two or three years down the road, really. And Nolan being a center back will be even longer. But um, it was exciting to see those two guys both take a progressive step and and be really good and and, and watch that transition. I, I really enjoyed that part for, 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 from where I sit watching those guys develop is always fun for me. All right. I want to, uh, just for a few minutes, dig into this because I am a bit surprised by your uh, <clears throat> upsetting news or point of view yeah that you, you're you're not hopeful that this season's necessarily any better but I, I and i'm surprised by that because the front office made such strides last year not, and just take the off the field stuff off the table for a second just talk about the progress they made on the field with a new coach um and the the signings and so forth so what would either one of you um 
uh, how would you explain why they're at this point? Is there something holding them back? Is it a, is it a contract situation? Is do they have too much money buried someplace else? Is it is it Zanata's ability or inability, or do they just internally feel like they've got what they need to be at least as good, if not better, than last season? Because I'm assuming they aren't looking to sit pat. I would. I'm assuming all clubs are looking to be better than they were the previous season. Dan, you want to take a swing? Uh, yeah, I guess. Um, they do seem a little bit comfortable uh, after having a you know, slightly above expectations year. Uh, obviously, having the Hara contract um, and DP spot in place kind of handicapped them a little bit over the winter. Now that's over, but unless FC Dallas do some late business, which, you know, they've done in the past, um, you know, they're going to sit on this until the summer. So really it's it's a scramble for everything around that. Yeah, they, they talk about, when you ask them these questions, they talk about they only had Legette for a very per- short period of time at the end of last season, and now they're going to have him for the whole year. So talking um, about him as a new signing. Yeah, it's almost like he's a new signing. They're they're very much invested in the idea that Jesus, Paxton, whoever you want as a young player will progress and make the team better. Um, they're definitely, definitely, definitely in the market for players. They're looking for, for sure, a center back, maybe some depth up front for the nine that we talked about. And then just generally speaking, they have their eye out for players that can make them better. But those are there's a bunch of ifs in what I just said, and there's also a bunch of we're lookings in what I just said. Now, if all those things happen, if they go out and get pieces, three, two or three or four more pieces, or if those guys and or those guys all progress, then sure, the team could be better. But today, it's not better. Yeah. You know, and the, the bot, until you do those things, you haven't done them. You can't say this team's better than it was. Are we optimistic that the team will be decent? I am. Uh, am I optimistic it's ready to take a step? No, I'm not. Because you know, when we get to the scrimmage game discussion, we will talk about some of those things that were prevalent as to why. But as for things that are they're stuck with, you know, Facundo Quinon is on a big number and will not get any better. He's 29 now, I think it is. So he is what he is. Adequate? Sure. Maybe if you even like him better than Edwin, that's fine too. That's preventing you from getting better. You know, the guy is perfectly functional as a six. It may be that for some characteristics, he's better than Edwin. That I would think that's probably true. In some characteristics, Edwin's better than Facundo. The problem is the $800,000 and a guy that's not clearly better than the $100,000 21-year-old, right. right? So right. if you're talking about how where are they handcuffed, that's where they're handcuffed. They've also put a bunch of money in Paxson and Jesus. Great. We love those guys. But that's money that has to progress for you to get better because it's sunk and into this. Yeah, it needs to be better if the team's going to get better because that's where you've invested. They've invested in legit some shorter term, but he looked really good. So we're, we really like that. We like Velasco. We like Areola. Oh, there's lots of things to like, but none of those are guarantees that make you. Most of those are the same. Most of those are not going to improve. You know, there's just a lot of weight hanging on. Jesus and Paxton, number one and number two being better and or solving what I see as a massive, massive problem at center back. You know, there's some people that don't think it's nearly as bad as I think it is, but that's, you know, we'll find out. I mean, I I could be very wrong. It could be that Ibiaga is going to turn out to be great. You know, I just, I I feel like I'm, I'm going to go ahead and do this now. I feel like I'm burying that guy before he's even played. The, the, what's important is that after, I hate to harp on this because we, we talked about already 26 years of doing this. There's things that I've learned over time. And one of those is that by the time you're 31, which he is, his birthday was just the other day. He's 31. Now, by the time you're 31, you are who you are. He's never only once as he started more than 15 games in an MLS season. He's a journeyman backup. So yes, I liked what I saw in the one or two games I watched him play for LA last year. Great backup pickup. But if if that guy's the one you're expecting to make your defense better, to, you're expecting him to outplay Matt Hedges last year, that's not happening. So I, that's my deal. Or is there any chance... 
buzz, any read, any vibe, any um, rumblings that Dallas may surprise us and use their DP on a big dollar center back uh, that you know f- makes us feel all better about this? Or is this a case where they think they've got that position solved? But I guess you're saying they're out looking. But I guess oh, if yeah. they're looking, are they looking for a DP CB? Uh, I, I think they quite smartly, they don't look specifically for a DP versus a TAM signing. They just look for the player they want and then whatever mechanism they need to get him matters. Now, they, they've hinted that, that, that they've flat, flat out said that they're looking. They've hinted that they can't find what they want because they've mentioned multiple times that if we can't, we're okay and waiting to the summer. We like who we have you know, that's all legitimate and fair as a response. None of it changes my unhappiness currently. So my impression is that they have failed to find the right profile, the right mentality, the right vibe. They're, it's The current setup is a big locker room fit setup. They, uh, Nico's very adamant on that. So I'm perfectly content to wait just because they seem to be perfectly content to wait. But that doesn't mean that I'm not very concerned about that position going into the season and nothing in the scrimmage made me think that I was incorrect to be concerned. (laughs) All right. Well then uh, let's get into said scrimmage and maybe just for context, this was really weird guys, the whole setup, the explanation, the way that the club kind of, but didn't promote it. Uh, It it appeared from one or two of the photos I saw on social media from people at the game. It, there may have been 17 people in attendance, <laughs> yeah. um, and that doesn't count you and Dan. Uh, I saw no coverage of it on in media anywhere. So, what, I, like, who organized this, and what was the whole background on the on on it? It's in the premise of it of itself. Yeah, it was done by a third party that organized their tour, and from the background I've heard is that there was some element of the contract for the game that was not finalized until literally the day before. And that, you know how it is with FC Dallas. They won't talk about stuff publicly or publicize it or, or put it out there until it's hundred percent official. So that's why they didn't, you know, and, and it wasn't their gate. They didn't care. They just rented the stadium, you know, and Barcelona asked them to play the coaching staff's like, great, a game, we'll take it. You know, it's not their game. So, yeah, yeah so again, this is not Barcelona from Spain. It's not even attached to Barcelona in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, correct. Right. It's just, and they're from they're from Ecuador. Yeah, there's there's like five or six clubs in South America that have that are named a hundred years ago after European clubs. There's a Liverpool. There's an Arsenal. There's a Barcelona. It's just, you know, it's what they are. They've always been that. So. Mm-hmm. Well, I just want to make sure anybody listening that hasn't been paying attention doesn't think that we're talking about. No, no. This is not, this is not the Barcelona. Baskets. No, no. no it's, <laughs> all right. So they're just on some sort of American tour in their off season or middle yeah. of their season or whatever, and they screwed together a game against Dallas, and it was yeah. at Toyota Stadium. Exactly. And Dallas played like crap, apparently. Well, you know, it's preseason. They did two split right. 45s. The tickets were 37 bucks. It was freezing cold. There was like 200 fans of Barcelona there. Great. Hey, cool. That was fun for them. Maybe like 10 FC Dallas fans. But, you know, it's a preseason game. It looked just like a preseason game. So it is what it is. And that is your review of FC Dallas 0, (laughs) Barcelona 1. There's lots to talk about from the game. And I want to hear Dan's take on particular center back play before I give my take. Oh, Dan, you're up. You just want to see if I bury a Riaga take. Yeah, I do. In fact, actually, uh, 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 I thought he was a little bit. He looked nervous, which was kind of weird for a guy that had just played 120 minutes at MLS Cup uh, recently. Um, that said, if I played next to Jose Martinez, I'd probably also be kind of nervous. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there were a couple of ta- couple of passes went a little bit astray. Uh, he is not an attack the ball defender. Um, which, wait, wait, we now have two of those yes. in the back? Oh, joy. <laughs> well, Martinez kind of is a little bit too much sometimes. He's the one that will get lost upfield. So, oh, I see what you mean. Okay. Um, you know, like, you know, if there's a 50 50 ball, he's not going to be the guy that goes for it. He's going to be the guy that te- takes a step in and covers. Right. Um, which is good. Uh, we didn't see any scenarios because. It was a crap game against crap opposition, uh, who couldn't. I mean, Christ, they needed uh, they needed Faku to 
earn a spot on when playing it out the back goes wrong to even have a shot on target. Um, didn't didn't get to see enough really. Uh, I I would like to. Uh, I really hope these games against the Swedish and Norwegian teams get streamed because I'd like to see capable. Uh, you know how he deals against capable attacking. He he you know he he did a job a decent job in MLS Cup and I I would hope to see that and not uh, the kind of nervous I don't know my team I don't know their traits that we saw from someone who's just trained them for what probably 10 sessions at this point um did yeah didn't didn't look the worst didn't look the best it was kind of funny the whole time sitting there like he missed a pass and then I just hear buzz and buzz telling Steve Davis you know he only played 12 games as a 31 year old I mean (laughs) he's just trash Uh, what was Steve's? Uh, what was Steve's? Uh, do you, Buzz, do you mind sharing any insight that Steve may have had about him, uh, or do you want to let Steve do that on his own? I would let mostly let Steve do that on his own. I, I think that uh, Steve was relatively involved in the discussion of general slight concerns about center backs. You know, Steve is never going to be one that's going to just come out and blast everybody, but you know. I think that universally in the press box, everyone that was watching the game does not, did not feel super confident about the center back situation and nothing in that game made everybody go, Oh, great. You know, there were five center backs that played and probably the one that you would have a positive thing to say about would be Nolan Norris. Yes. hundred percent. Uh, center backs bad or at least not promising. Yeah. It's not, I don't, I wouldn't say the bad, they weren't horrible. They didn't get scorched, but it's like, I, you know, like Dan said in his description of Ibiaga's game, it's not like you were, we all sat there and went, Oh goodness. Thank you. Yes. we got a center back. You know, it's like, it's still, he looks just like the other Another ones. guy that can come in and do a job. Not, yeah. Uh, you know, not a Matt Hedges that's gonna, you know, turn it. What would ordinarily be a one nil loss into a goalless draw or, you know, just preserve a clean sheet on his own. So there wasn't. A, so we did not get anything of note out of Nikosi's performance Wednesday night. He was the same as he always is. You know, he was yeah. paired with Nolan, so I think he was being a little, you know, careful because he's got a seventeen-year-old playing next to him. You know, um, it was it was kind of rare to see him playing right center back where he'd prefer to be in a way. <laughs> yeah, uh, but no, he got he was unlucky on the goal. Um, I think. More than anything, uh, you know, Faku had come back, split the centre backs to receive a pass from from Paz. Um, then tried this ridiculous thirty yard on the on the floor pass into midfield that got easily intercepted. He got past with ease. Coast had gone out wide to you know for the sake of possession and just couldn't recover it. Uh, Paz did really well. Uh, to save the initial shot, but then the uh, the rebound was just kind of you know an open mm. net at that point. Um, def- defensively, Corsa looked fine, nothing to really call home about. Uh, Martinez did it, did his bit. Ibiaga looked okay, a little unsure on the ball, a little bit. I, I think he's still trying to get used to the idea of you know when his when his fullbacks are going to make runs to spread the ball out wide. Um, Nolan Norris, you know, you, you couldn't say enough good things. He he looked good one on one defending, got challenging for fifty fifty balls. He made this great long part, long low pass to thread a ball through for Velasco down the left. Uh, absolutely beautiful. It took him two or three goes to get it right, but um, like I said, he's he's probably at this stage the best passing defender FC Dallas has at seventeen years old. Well, all right. Well, it doesn't uh, exude yeah. um, confidence, but it's nice to hear one of the kids is uh, showing well. What about the rest of the game? What about midfield, striker? I'm I, I, Obviously, not everybody's with the team, but was there yeah. any aspect of Dallas's performance that just gave you some sort of warm, fuzzy buzz? Oh, yeah. Siki looked great. Uh, he was definitely the player of the game, you know, both halves. Now, some of that is because he came into camp just in phenomenal shape. He's fitter than everybody else. So, like, the particular move that he has where he receives the ball in midfield and turns and dribbles away explosively, that looked even more explosive 
And so I actually asked coach, he's like, has he got better at that? He's like, he said, well, a little bit, but mostly it's because he's fitter than everybody else right now. So he just looks particularly fast compared to everybody else. But mm-hmm. Siki was really good. You know, he still is the same thing, though. He looks great until he hits the edge of the penalty box and then it starts to fall apart. But still, nonetheless, they've definitely got him slotted in right now as Legette's backup in terms of training rotations. I'm not 100% sure yet that I buy that profile being the, uh, close enough to Legette, but it's what it, that's what it is for now, uh, pending them doing something else or getting rid of somebody or whatever. That's kind of where we are at. And then the other one, uh, it's funny. I had a couple of people try and sell me a Facundo's having an amazing spring narrative like during the week. And then in this game, the complete opposite happened. And Edwin was pretty good and Facundo was horrible again. Um, so uh, admittedly, uh, Coach confirmed Edwin has had a slow start to camp, which was I was really bummed to hear that. But I thought of them the day he was the better of the two. Obviously, that's a spot still where like, you can look at that spot and go, man, a world beater there really would make a big difference. But they seem pretty content to just ride those two guys. And so in that way, it was really bad to see Facundo muff it up and basically give up the goal, you know, and then an Edwin play good, but not exceptional. So that, that really is about it. Legette looks really fit and energetic running everywhere. Um, Camungo looked unfortunately out of sorts, not really sure where to go. Uh, Isaiah Parker should have had a red card. Taste. Yeah. He, he looks great going forward, but he's got to solve that problem. Um, he go- gets suckered in so easily one on one on one defending. Everyone yeah, gets- beats him, which is amazing for his pace. He just, he has no read of the game. Yeah. He needs lots of playing time, which is why we, why we talked about, I've talked about how badly I want that kid to go on loan because he needs to play a bunch uh, of games better than MLS next pro, which is trash. And, um, the problem is, is that there's no other person at left back really, because Nolan's not anywhere close to being able to do left back in MLS. And so they're kind of going to be stuck. It seems like with Parker here, you know, not playing, which stinks because he needs to play boatloads. Hmm. I'm sure they'll put him in North Texas, but that's, you know, he just runs up past everybody in North Texas all the time. He outruns everybody. So it's not like he has to defend. He just I, runs. I, kinda, I wish he'd, uh, I wish I had the option to send him to USL one online. Cause I don't, I don't think he'd get a game in the championship right now, but yeah, USL one, uh, you know, his physicality is getting, I mean, well, actually let's go MLS next pro his physicality can get him out of situations. Cause exactly. the times I've seen him play for North Texas, he does the same stuff. Coach said yesterday, he's doing the same stuff he did last year. Um, but you, you want him to, to go up against some more experienced players where yeah, physicality is going to really help him out, but his brain's got to do the majority of it. Yeah. Buzz, are you worried that all of the, uh, you know, you were pretty hyped up about him last year. Are you worried that maybe yeah. he's not going to live up to that? Well, you, you have to remember that he's a Generation Adidas player. He came out of college basically like at 18, which mm-hmm. makes him like a homegrown. Like they drafted mm-hmm. him knowing he was going to be a two or three year wait. Uh, ah, okay. So he, the, the thing that I was really high on is his innate, attacking ability and his ball skill and his passing crispness, all those qualities are really good. They're higher than an average college player. Um, what he lacks is he was a winger though. So he doesn't have any experience playing outside back. So he needs to learn completely how to play a new position. And so those mistakes he's making are defensive, you know, lunging in and making bad uh, moves. And we, listen, we've talked about how, lack of player progression with North Texas last year was part of why there's a new coach there. Right. Mm-hmm. So they also need somebody that can come in for far fans. So that's my worry is that he's going to be stuck here playing for North Texas again, and maybe trying to spell far fan when they can, when I'd like to see him at a much higher level. I think there's probably some teams in ESL championship that are bad enough that he could go to and play a lot. I think he'd be fine. Um, you know, cause Dan's right. He needs a better challenge than next pro. I think he'll figure it out eventually. I hope he will. Obviously, because the base skill set is good. Base skill set is much higher than a lot of homegrowns or draft picks usually are. It's just the brain needs to learn how to play defense on the outside. It's not as always like look how long how many years it take Brian Reynolds to figure that out? Like four? Sometimes uh, the it's thing not- is 
Brian Reynolds was a project from the time he was like 15. Yeah, he started much earlier than, than Parker did. So Parker has less time to figure it out. But he's also now not a teenager. So maybe you would hope it would come quicker. So, yeah. we'll, I mean, he made progress but last year, just not as much as you want. He looked, he, he looked physically good, looked strong. But What about, uh, I mean, obviously Ariola, uh, Ferreira, uh, Paxton yeah. are all with the national team. But what about Velasco and some of the other? Oh, he uh, looked incredible in spells. Yeah. The things he was doing was absolutely ridiculous. Some of his passing, some of his, you know, he had that ability, that not ability, that knack of trying to beat guys one on one, and they just poke the ball away with ease. Yep, that still happens, but uh, <laughs> oh, no. way less. Um, oh no, he's he's got a lot better at his ball retention against one on one defenders, at, at least against Barcelona from Ecuador. Yeah, uh, yeah. Hey, it's spring training. Yeah. Well, hey, yeah. look, it's 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 just <laughs> spring training, and it's a game that means absolutely zilch, right? Yeah, and, and everyone else is gone. He's trying to do too much. He was in the second half group, which is even more kids and whatever. He's trying to do everything. You know, Especially I'm just glad he's back. Well. He was there trying to be a one man team at one. Uh, you know. Yeah. Half of well, listen, he's part of the big progression we're waiting for, right? Like him taking a step forward with all the other dudes is a big part of what might make this team actually be better. You know, so I, I'm sure that they're quite confident that he will. I'm sure I'm quite confident that he will. I mean, he already, as Dan said, better ball retention already. You know, some of what he's got to take a step forward on is is choices. But again, like last night, he's out there by himself, basically trying to dribble through 30 guys. You know, so it's we're a couple of weeks removed from hey, well, Hara leaving effect Velasco. That was kind of his god, and Velasco's like, no, nah, I'm good. Yeah, but they didn't score. And did they have good chances? Did the did the Barcelona from Ecuador keeper save a, a worldie or something? You would be shocked to hear. The XG was like 0. 0.001 <laughs> or something? You would be shocked to hear that Hader O'Brien missed the setter. Oh! Yeah, he did. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Hold on. I need to sit down for a few minutes. I don't know if I, I'm, I'll recover from this yeah. stunning news. About four yeah. minutes in, the corner comes in from Brandon, the box completely clears, and Hader's uh, left there on the edge of the six-yard box, dead center a goal, uh, open in acres of space, and he just smashes it out of the key. All right, here, uh, just to be completely transparent and honest, while I'm not surprised to hear that to hear that Hader Obreon missed a sitter, I am slightly surprised to find out that he's still on this team. It's preseason. Okay, but yeah, but for some reason I thought he was out of contract or no, they somebody alien spaceship took him away or something. <laughs> no, he's under contract through this season and there's an option for 24 and 25. Oh my gosh. So you're stuck with him at least through Now on our on Dan and my crazy weird prediction podcast, the Colombian do, cowbell. I suggested that they'll probably try and sell him in the window in the summer because we think Bernard Camungo is going to progress. And they brought in Tariq, you know, behind him as well. So it's like, you know, there's... And Tariq there's, looked really good. Yeah. Again, 17-year-old kid. But yeah, the signs are phenomenal. Size, power, strength just runs by, guys. You know, it's exciting. But, you know, those are... All, I will say that, like, the one training session I watched, and also this game in particular, to me, O'Brien looks angry or pissed or worried. You know, he's very demonstrative, very much like ah, you know, damn it, you know, panicking. I don't know. I, I'm sure he can feel the eyes on him. Uh, it's hard to explain what I mean without, you know, the body language carries himself. It's pretty simple. It's the pressure of being Peter's pick to be top scorer last year. Fair, <laughs> fair. <laughs> yeah. I was so close. Yeah. You were, f hey, for one for, match day, he was. For, for week, for match week one, I was so close to that prediction. Uh, all right. Well, uh, so I guess the next time we're going to see this team play, we have no idea if we're going to get to get any kind of stream or anything while they're over in Spain or any no of clue. that. Yeah, no clue. Yeah. No clue. Uh, we're, should we all just work under the premise that the next time you see this team play will be the first game of the season? Uh, probably. Uh, yeah, I would think so. They've got a scrimmage against Houston, um, like a week out, but that's closed doors for sure. Um, the, the schedules of a couple of teams they're playing um, over in Spain mentioned that stuff is open. 
So for their fans, so maybe that sell means tickets for it. So yeah. I mean, so once they sell tickets or opens it up to fans, then then we might get a stream possibly. That's usually how that works. I, but I can't. There's no notification of it, and I, we're just conjecturing here. No one's told us that hey, get ready, there'll be one. We're just crossing our fingers that an open gate maybe means there will be one. But the final scrimmage against Houston for sure is closed door. I know that for fact. So yeah, we won't get that one. You know. Maybe we'll get a Spain one or two. And it probably is asking or expecting too much for them to have the foresight to take a GoPro or a phone or something over there and just shoot it back live to us. Well, they're taking three digital media PR and digital media people, so they'll, they'll have plenty of people there to document in some capacity. But, you know, I don't know why they wouldn't stream it. You only need one camera to stream it. It doesn't have to be a full-blown production, you know. Well, um, hold on a second. Stop. Did you just tell me that they're sending three yeah. People from the media team over there? Yeah. That yeah. has okay, so this has to be a component of the Apple TV request, correct? Probably. I would assume that's a good point. Yeah. I mean it's one one straight PR person and then two digital media kind of probably one writer type and one video type, you know, picture type. So um there definitely is gonna be content produced, whether we'll get it, you know, doled out to us through social media or whether it's for um Apple TV, which is going to have a very heavy storytelling vibe to it, like the Olympics do, based on all the stuff I'm seeing, um, or maybe we'll get a stream. So, so have they hired? Yeah. Have they hired more people for that team? Because I know Garrett obviously is there, yeah. uh, and and um, social media guy. They hired. They hired. What? Go ahead, Dan. I was going to say I thought everyone was the same as last season. They hired somebody at the end of last season, you know, to add into the, towards the end of last season. They added in. I can't remember who it is. I just know they added somebody. But I mean, like, we were there last night for the game. And after the game, Dan and I were the only reporters there. And there were 10 people in the room that work in some level of PR or media for the team. For the press conference? For the post game press conference. It's incredible. It blew me away because oh, I remember look. when, and back 26 years ago, it was Chris Ward and that was it. You know, and five media people. Now it's two media people and 10 people that work for the team doing contents and clips and videos and articles and it's just incredible it's completely different yeah well i don't know I, I well last night's probably not a good thing to judge by but i am really interested to see what media coverage of this team looks like this year uh, especially now that um uh, I, I think john arnold he's not working for striker anymore is he Correct. Yeah. And so the striker thing was that deal between them and the morning news. So I don't think the morning news has anybody covering the team anymore. So I, the, the SB Nation guys are gone. 19th, who? the SB Nation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so the 19th I, podcast is gone, 19th minute or whatever that is. And, and Dustin's, Dustin's Nation thing is gone. Things. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's me just and Dan. you two, man. Yeah. Uh, even when Nico was doing Dallas Sports Nation as well as their degree, I mean, he's yeah. obviously in Michigan at doing his uh, doctorate now. So, and there were no Spanish reporters there last night, which is really surprising. yeah, not a one. Considering they were playing Barcelona SC, I was surprised there weren't any. That is fascinating. Hmm. Interesting. We haven't heard anything. Uh, they have not announced anything about their uh, uh, broadcast plans. Well, obviously, it'll be either streaming or radio. Have we? They 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 handed out a factoid sheet um, at the first day of spring training, and on there it mentions FC Dallas Radio, but it doesn't get into specifics about who the talent is or where it's going to be. It just mentions that that's part of the broadcasting plan. So yeah, I mean, I, they obviously are trying to do something, but I don't. Yeah, I'm assuming it's going to be on the 11:90 a.m. thing again, like it was last year. And I don't. Spanish I have probably stay the same as. Yeah. Yes, of course, of course, <clears throat> Carlos and um, the other guy. And I and I have Ruffin. no idea who's going to do it. I'm you know I, I'm going to get. I'm totally one thousand percent guessing somehow maybe Owen, maybe and, and Steve are involved in that. I don't know. I guess it'll all depend on on uh, all that stuff. Oh, that's who was there. Rafa was there. So fair fair shout out to Rafa, the color guy from Radio. Yeah, yeah okay. he was there. Carlos He's, was there too. Ever, I miss Carlos. Yep. They're ever present. Those they guys. are. Those guys are <laughs> pros. They're fantastic. I don't speak Spanish, but I, they talk to me in English. I know how smart they are. So, all right. I need to admit that I'm a bad host because I'm uh, I'm doing this out of order. I should have before we got onto the lot stuff. <laughs> I should have included here and uh, uh, in, written into the red crayon is Buzz's note that he has a, a special question from his Patreon subscribers. 
And this would be an obvious one because this is one of the players that I was wondering about and did not hear you mention, which is Brendan Cervania. Yeah, Brendan's uh, an interesting cat. You know, the, the the dude definitely has talent. He's come up through the U20 world national team. You know, he got into the fringe of the first, uh, not FC Dallas, the U.S. men's national team and never got in. Um, there have been stretches where he's been amazing. You remember when he came back from the U20 World Cup, the back end of that season, he was just phenomenal in the stretch run he had starting. But then he falls off. He gets hurt or he gets discouraged or whatever, and it doesn't. he's never managed to put together a consistent run for you know a whole season's body of work and hold down a starting job. So at this point, he's basically Paxton's backup at the linking role spot. And I would argue that Siki also is a backup in that spot. Now watching them train, as I mentioned, they've been using Siki as Legette's backup. Okay, you can get into technicalities of profiles and that kind of thing. But generally speaking, we can buy that sort of breakdown. But you're left basically with Brandon being a guy who's going to come off the bench. You maybe get some spot starts to try and keep Paxton from burning out. You know, he'll if, maybe he'll get open cups. Maybe he'll get league cups. He's going to fight Siki for the one of those two spots in midfield as a backup. You know, it's just unless he can find a way to demonstrate that he has provides more value in the game than Paxton or Legit, he's not going to start. You know, he's a year younger than Siki. You know, he is a domestic player, which helps him. He has been in national teams pools. He has a Puerto Rico looked at him for their national team. He could make a switch because he's not. 100%, you know, cap tied to the U.S., he could still do the switch, I think, the mm-hmm. one-timer, because he played in the U-20 World Cup, but not senior. So, you know, at this point, he's journeyman MLS backup. That's his role. You know, maybe there's trade value there. You know, I don't know. Am I, just... am I the only one that is somewhat surprised that Siki gets labeled as a legit replacement and Brandon is, I assume, labeled as a... Paxton backup and I just yeah. that feels backwards to me it doesn't to me I, I've never thought Brandon was any good other than when he plays deep you know okay he he does crash the box better than Siki but not he doesn't dribble at people like Siki does you know he'll, Brandon will arrive late and get a shot off but oh, he won't okay. he won't break people down on the dribble now now Siki needs to work on his final ball in the final third but um you know what and I'm not just saying these things. I'm watching rotations of who comes in for who and what roles do they fill tactically. And, you know, I also I actually think that both Brandon and Siki are the same profile, and they both, for me, have the same profile as Paxton. You know, I don't think either one of those guys. I don't think Paxton is either. I think none of those guys are a shout to be Legette's backup. You know, it doesn't work in my mind that way. You know, they do it because they have to because they don't have a backup for Legette. Effectively, look at it this way. Thomas Roberts was a pure 10, right? They sometimes they try to use him on the wing, sometimes use him as a 10. They try to use him as a as a you know the free eight that we call it. Mm-hmm. You know, and now he's gone. That's you know, they made that decision. That's what they haven't replaced. There's no young guy behind Legit. They're left with the two other guys who are both, in my mind, linkers trying to fill in Legit's role. You know, Paxton too. So maybe that's overly argumentative and semantic. Maybe. They're perfectly fine running Siki as Legette's backup because that's what's been happening in training. I disagree, but that's, you know, I'm not the coach, so. Um, Okay, so here we go. Uh, Is anybody getting cut anytime soon um, before they they go to Spain, or is all that going to happen in the weeks leading up to uh, the season starting? It's happening now. Um, Coach said flat out that they're only taking 28 players, and he told me point blank that they won't fill – uh, the 29th and 30th spot that leave them open because it gives them the ability to do things. So it's going to be 28 players only. Um, so any cuts that are going to happen are going to happen like in the next day or two. Um, I think that there's no way any of the draft picks are going to make it onto the first team roster. Um, if you do the basic math of 28 players, it's possible one or two might get taken along because they actually don't have 28 players, if you don't count those guys, because there's, you know, with Franco Hara departing, you know, that's actually 27, you know, and that, that's if you include Colin Smith, you know, they, they have to, and there's not a center back still, so that's 26. So there, there's actually room to take a tw- two extra players, but 
I just when I watch those guys play, I don't see. And Dan, maybe you'll back me up on this from the scrimmage. I didn't see anything from those. Well, one of them's hurt, so he didn't play. But the other two that makes you think, oh yeah, I need that in the first team, right? It's like those guys need uh, to be with North Texas if they're going to do anything. Yeah, I, I thought Enderley looked good. His combinations with uh, Tariq Scott. Uh, that you know, that was the first time he'd ever in any kind of game played right back. I thought he looked acceptable there. He moved up to right wing, maybe faded out a little bit there. Um, Wittenbrink obviously didn't play. Cameron Lacey, for me, did absolutely nothing um, in his 25 minutes. He's uh, got a good engine, but that's about it right now. Yeah, just, yeah that's, that's just not going to... At 22, it's not going to get you too far, is it? As Dan says, Indelay looked pretty decent at right back, but they already have Imatu Amasi. They're bringing in Giovanni. Colin Smith's on a homegrown contract. Even counting him, that's Indelay makes four right backs, and North Texas just added a right back. So there's only five right backs. So even if you assume Colin Smith is going to go to Spain, there, yes, technically there's a blank spot for Indelay. But would you really sign a fourth right back to your FC Dallas roster? That seems crazy to me. You know, I was, I, if you like him as a project, sign him in North Texas. I just don't see, you know, I think you, you leave a spot open trying to find a nine. You leave a spot open trying to find a center back. That, it, and then you take Colin Smith. That's 28 players. Uh, and it was confirmed that the guys with the national team would fly direct into Spain. Their camp finishes the day that spain camp starts thank you dan that is a perfect segue to my next question which was did either one of you watch the usa's loss to serbia last night out in california well i watched it today okay yeah, yeah. do you guys want to talk about it mention it real quick briefly did you watch dan i i didn't i had a chance yeah, the only thing i thought you didn't miss much mr crook yeah here's my people some people bash packs it online and i thought if you watch that game and then bash Paxton, that tells me you've never watched Paxton play, you know, or never watched FC Dallas play. He played exactly the same way he plays for FC Dallas all the time. So it's like if it, they, the kid's actually done himself a disservice, I think, by taking the number 10. Because your casual fan will look at Paxton at 10 and think Polisic, think playmaker, play string pooler. I'm going to get up front. I'm going to go out, guys. I'm going to break him down. I'm going to get assists. Well, that's not Paxton. Paxton's a box to box workman eight. Right. He's more like Weston McKinney. So, you know, people are for some reason, people have in their mind that Paxson's this world beater, game breaker, assist maker. He hasn't been since he was 15. He's a box to box eight. So I, people are slamming him for something he's not. And that's weird to me. It's like I, that was the exact performance you get from him every game for FC Dallas. They look great. Well, I don't know if he'd look great. I, I would say for Paxson, he had a pretty um, av mediocre to average performance. Yeah, it's preseason, and he's playing with a bunch of guys he's never played with before, and um, and he made a couple of mistakes. He won a couple of balls. Uh, he didn't progress the ball as nicely as I would like for him to, but he also, he when he is in his uh, vibe, he is a good one-touch, play-quickly kind of guy. Um, and, uh, you know, I, look, this is this, if there's ever a season, this is Paxton's season. Remember, remember the year they were like the year of Kellen Yeah, when the Clinton, the club did that. I, that's how I feel about, uh, Paxton's season this year is that this is the year we're all going to figure out, uh, if all that stuff, that poor guy has been through over the course of the last two or three years, uh, he's overcome it and it, and he came out the better for it or, uh, uh, you know, and, and is going to live up to all the hype that we've had on him. I, you know, uh, no, nothing about the United States last night in any way, shape or form or, or shape was, uh, pr impressive. There were some impressive moments, but nobody overly impressed in that particular game, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I thought Zendayas was interesting. But, you know, Paxton tried to do all the things he always tries to do, and other dudes were just standing there looking at him. And I'm like, you, you got to be moving, man. It's like he was trying to do all these little combos, and no one's shaping and moving. It's like, Yeah, Zendayas was a weird one because the guy was absolutely absent from the game until, like, the last 15 minutes, and then he just sparked to life – 
and he did a lot of cool stuff, but it never really turned into much. Um, uh, whether that's his fault or not, I don't know. But he, that was a weird one. I was really disappointed in Sonora's performance. I, I, the whole thing looked very disjointed, so I don't know it's how much you can lay on individual yeah. players, per se. Looked like um, a bunch of dudes out of league form. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was, yeah, yeah. January it camp, that's what it is. It did, yeah, yeah. for sure. It's always, a, it's always a weird one to watch. They have their next game coming up on Saturday night against Columbia. Uh, maybe we'll get to see a little more Paul uh, and uh, definitely some Jesus in there. You, you'd assume. You, you would assume. Yeah. Uh, the other guy worth talking about from our perspective is uh, Jogo, Jonathan Gomez, who in the first half was kind of playing it safe and in the second half started to get forward a little more. Um, you know, if he would have signed a homegrown when he left for Lou City, you know, I still think that in 21 he would have started to break in and by 22 he would have been a starter here. But um I'm super excited for him as a Dallas product that he's, you know, with over there in Spain with, is it Sevilla he's with? I can't remember mm-hmm. exactly. And uh, he, he actually got hurt. It was coming off an injury in his first game back. He got another knock and then he went to us camp and played. So I was actually really surprised he played. And I think that was those, those injuries and that knock were a little bit what limited him in terms of being really aggressive. Like he traditionally was going forward and always has been every time I've seen him. Yeah. Hmm. Well, the last night's game uh, juxtaposed with all the stuff that came down with the Federation today and the and the Reina news with Austin. It's just been the most weird, very U.S. Soccer Federation <laughs> day uh, or 24 hours you could possibly imagine. It's just so stereotypical. And the last thing on the run sheet, I'm hoping this is some sort of like breaking news thing because it's written in extra bold red crayon. It says. <laughs> Because I'm, or, oh, I get it. It's a pun. Fort Worth bold yeah. update. All right, what's I, the update? I see what you did there, Peter. Yeah, no, you did it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, the deal with the bold is is that uh, Donnie Nelson is still involved, and his guys are there. They there's a fee that they pay every year to maintain the rights to that franchise, so they are continuing to invest in it. There's they, they do have some level of belief. Now, apparently, Donnie has sold the operation of Texas United to somebody else, but has hold has hold of the name still. So he can use the name if he wants whenever he gets a, this bold franchise to go forward. Um, the, the problem is, is there's a guy named uh, Kerry Moon or Casey Moon or something like that, who was the dude in Fort Worth, the politician who was leading the um, charge for this complex, this this up near Keller, this North Fort Worth Keller thing off right. of 35, right? Mm-hmm. So that that was a big part of that guy's push to win some office. I think he was running for Texas Congress or something. Well, anyway, he got wrecked in the primary. So that dude lost out, which basically not 100%, but more than likely in my estimation, that basically kills that project. So as near as I can tell from people I've asked, that North Fort Worth Keller complex and stadium deal is basically dead in the water for now. You never know, you know, when it might come back, but the guy that was putting it together is basically lost. And so he's, you know, I don't know what you're going to do. So is the Austin bold as a franchise just now gone and in yeah, some sort yes. of weird stasis? The Donnie bought basically the brand, the franchise from the owner that owned it. And then also, partnered with that guy too. So that guy still has a piece of it. Donnie's just the driving force behind it. And as I say, those two guys continue to pay this fee so that they can keep that pending franchise open to them when they need it or want it. So at this point, it seems that they're going to have to try and come up with some development on their own and, and put a thing together on their own. And that this Keller thing is sort of dead Uh, and so you're not looking at like this next year or maybe the year. I mean, you're looking at a couple of years at best before something is, can come together. Just buy the damn old baseball park, just North of downtown and build it there. Well, you know, there's all kinds of way too obvious or way too, there's, I, I, that's me just spending other people's money without having any idea what I'm talking about. But yeah, when I've asked about that baseball stadium, I'm told that the environmental cleanup there makes it prohibitive to build something there 
basically uh. to tear out and clean up what was there doubles the cost or whatever. So maybe something at the track, I, I don't know what they're going to do, but that brings up the idea of why in the world did North Texas SC, AKA FC Dallas extend at Choctaw stadium, right? Massive, huge facility. Arlington makes no sense at all. Well, if you don't, does the bold, and we're going to keep calling them that, pimp in there. Does the North Texas Soccer Club lease at Choctaw include, I'm pure conjecture now, a no other soccer teams at Choctaw? Because if you vacate Choctaw, all of a sudden Donnie Nelson and his USLC franchise are like, oh, we'll play at Choctaw. Mm. So if you're the Hunts and you don't want a USLC franchise in your backyard, again, 100% conjecture on my part. Is that why you keep extending at Choctaw to prevent that from happening? Hmm. Okay. Well, so that's my bold update. Don't hold your breath. Private situation now for Donnie and his guy, probably two or three years away at best, I would have to think, because you got to find the land, get it designed, build it, get partners, et cetera, et cetera. That doesn't happen overnight. But but I, my point to my question earlier is if the bold aren't playing in Fort Worth anytime soon, they're not playing in Austin this year at the track. Oh, no, that franchise. That's died. gone. Yeah, that's been gone. Oh, but, OK. Yeah, they went like a year. Uh, they played like a year with Austin FC. And that's, then, yeah, surprise, surprise. It wasn't working economically. Well, no shit. It wasn't. We all told you it wasn't gonna. All right, so you so know. much time has passed by, but in my head, they they played recently, and the and Donnie oh, no. buying them was uh, you know no, the next they, step. Okay, they right. played the first year the Austin was around. They played, and then that was it. All right, so yeah. the last thing I want to talk about is Kit Talk. So Steve Davis can go ahead and turn off his uh, <laughs> the podcast, which is fine. Love you, Steve. Uh, is this thing? I'm I'm a bit curious because we now have seen it's either been leaked or shown officially, which is this reversible jacket. It was on the Dick Sporting Goods site. Yes, and yep. on it, and if for anybody that's not seen it, it's a red jacket, but when you turn it inside out, it's a white jacket. And why this is of interest to me personally, and I'm assuming Buzz as well, and Dan, I don't know about you, is that under the Adidas three-stripe logo is the head portion, along with the flame vomit, of the original Dallas Burn horse logo. And... So this is a real thing. Yeah, that's the MLS anthem jacket. All of them for every team are reversible this year. Now is the is the is the horse on the red side of the jacket too? No, no. Really? It's yeah. The Dallas badge on the on the reverse. Uh, the idea obviously being home colors away colors. So yeah. is our so if there's a let me think of an example here if there is a uh, well crap what, a Colorado version of this does it have the old Rapids logo on there on that side of the jacket? Do well, we not know? All, not all of them are throwback. There, it's only this one that's throwback. Huh. So, as Dan said, the anthem jacket basically is the home colors on one side and the road colors on the other side. So like in Colorado's case, apparently they're going back to that blue and yellow vibe that they do occasionally. So hypothetically, I haven't seen it. Hmm. Their jacket will be the maroon on the outside and it'll have that blue and yellow on the inside that comes from the Colorado flag. Have we seen any other um, any other stuff with burn, uh, rep, like this kind of stuff on it? No, but the one leak we've heard is that there's a burn throwback vibe to the jersey, to the new secondary jersey that's coming. And oh. if, you fi- if you extrapolate that from this Anthem kit, that means a white uh, kit-ish with the coloration of, we'll use it as the image for the podcast, the coloration of this burn logo that you'll see on the jacket. So with a basically a white, if you buy that idea that the Anthem jacket is home one side and away the other side, okay. which they kind of all are. So, yeah, yeah. and it buys with the burn throwback. I mean, exactly how it's gonna look, we have no clue, but that's, you know, that's the vibe that we can expect, I think. Interesting. I wonder, uh, uh, well, because they got a new, so it won't have like a giant uh, lightning leg flame vomiting horse in the middle of it because they got a new sponsor. (laughs) Which, by the way, takes me to my second question is, (laughs) I saw pictures from the game Wednesday night. They did wear the shirts with the new uh, Children's Hospital logo on it. Yeah. Uh, I only saw one. I didn't get a good sense of it. Uh, Do you have any feedback or thoughts on how the logo looks? Is it better than uh, previous, better than we thought, anything like that? That's a really nitpicky question. I'm just asking. 
Oh, it's fine. Um, I, I, my worry was uh, it was that they would. I mean, the, we knew what what it looked like uh, from the season opening press conference, but my worry was that they were going to have a situation where the uh, words words coming to me difficult. The balloon. <laughs> yeah, the the balloon is like <laughs> almost always red, and I remember looking through like some brand guidelines, and I found one of their care networks and it specified like the balloon has to be red and if it's on any other background it has to go in a white box and it's like well crap that's gonna look terrible on the jersey but uh children's as a brand does uh does have that that all white version that we we see on the jersey um i know some people have said the balloon gets a little bit too close to the fc dallas logo but um Beats have an advocate or a sponsor that doesn't pay their bills. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, have they paid the bill yet? Do we know? Hmm. To be determined. Okay. Well, that was interesting. That is, uh, that's fascinating that the burn horse uh, is yeah. making an appearance on new product. And it does make me wonder uh, what to anticipate with the New Jersey. Um, I will wait with uh, bated breath and high anticipation. Yeah, you're, you're right. Because of the sponsor, it won't be the big gigantic horse on the front. Right. So which is fine. How do you do how do you incorporate that logo and color scheme into what is probably gonna be mostly a white jersey? Those are the questions we're asking. If we can buy this theory that this anthem jersey is that that, you know. It does make the the other thing you can pick up from that jacket. What are the other colours they use? What do you mean? Well they use a a black Adidas logo. Right. And the red zip, so it's telling you it's gonna be a white, black and red jersey. Ah, I see. And okay, it's not going to be like white, blue, and red, hmm. uh, as as FC Dallas colors. It's going to be more Ooh. on the burn colors. Yeah, definitely burnish. Way, way more burnish than FC Dallas, which jives with the vibes we've been hearing. So, I wonder if that means that they will begin to play Disco Inferno after goals are scored. I mean, that and, would be uh, so good. Home victories. They did for a minute. Well, maybe it was after wins. After wins, I did. Uh, yeah, you're right. I did hear it at least once, if not twice, after wins. But I would. It would be so sweet if they went back to that when goals are scored. I think they have. Don't they have these days individual music for players if they wanted it? Isn't that kind of they kind of got rid of it? Oh, did they? Okay, a year or two. Yeah. That was a bit for a while. Third Degree the Podcast has been brought to you by Soccer90.com. Shop Soccer90 now. Use our code Third Degree. Get 25% off all listeners of the podcast. 25% off through the end of the month. FC Dallas, National Team Gear, International Club. You're running out of time. You just got a few days. 25% off. Use the code Third Degree. Get all the gear from you want from around the world. Enjoy that and enjoy soccer. Shop Soccer90.com. All right. Well, thank you to you both for sacrificing your bodies and attending that silly uh, game Wednesday night uh, <laughs> and being the only media people in attendance. Uh, kudos to you both for providing the coverage of it so that the good FC Dallas curious fan could know more about their team. Yeah, I couldn't believe we were the one was there. There was nobody. Didn't work for the team. It was crazy. Shocking turn of events. Dan, thank you very much, my friend. Thank you. As always, and Buzz, thank you. You're welcome, and thanks again for being our wonderful host. I love it. It's fun to do. Thank you, FC Dallas Curious Fan. We will speak to you next week on another episode of Third Degree, the podcast. Buzz got Thomas Roberts jersey. Ooh. Woo! Third Degree, the Third Degree Net Podcast. Third Degree, the Third Degree Net Podcast. Twenty-five, twenty-five long hard years, yeah. Was Carrick, yeah, the man, man. Twenty-five years, you better be giving this man at least five dollars a month. Patreon third degree, come on, pay the man. It's the only comprehensive coverage of my fucking club that I love so much. Hey, come on, it's third degree or bust, yes. Give the man some other f- money, hey. Third degree, third degree, never care.